This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Week four of the NFL season on the Helipod with MJD brought to you by our new friends, our old friends, our longtime friends at Vaco. Are you ready for an all-new career adventure? Of course you are. Vaco is how organizations get the kind of talent solutions they really need, whether it's bringing in a team to solve a specific business issue or finding their next team member. Only Vaco brings you a head start, a new perspective, and a real commitment. And now they're looking for you to join their team. If you are either an experienced accounting and finance professional or a skilled techie in search of a new career opportunity, Vaco wants to hear from you. With a national and global presence and a culture built on freedom and autonomy, it's no surprise that Vaco has been named one of Inc. Magazine's fastest-growing private companies for the past 15 years in a row. What are you waiting for? Professional adventure awaits. Apply today at Vaco.com slash Helipod. That's V-A-C-O dot com slash Helipod, all lowercase letters. Thank you. To our good friends at Vaco for being one of our two presenting sponsors this year. And with no further ado, let's get started on the Helipod with MJD. All right, here we go. We are underway. I can't believe week four has uh, already arrived. So many huge games to get to this week, uh, MJD. But we have a couple of things we need to talk about first. Is it cold at your house? Oh, it's freezing. All right, you're wearing like it's a freezing you're wearing right like now. a winter coat in in the Bay Area. Dude, it's 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 unbelievable. I don't know. This part of the house just gets colder. But I was I've been tough the last couple times. I'm not being tough anymore. All right, let's start with the two L.A. teams. The NFL went for 21 years without a team in the second largest media market in the country, and now it looks like we have two legit contenders, starting with your Ramley, an NFC Championship game preview against Tampa Bay. They beat the Super Bowl champs by 10. They're one of five undefeated teams left are the Rams. It's the Raiders, Broncos, Panthers, Cardinals, Rams. So I I think it's safe to say that the Rams are the cream of the undefeated crop. And I think it's safe to say too, MJD, that this offense just looks different with Matthew Stafford at the helm. So far, everything Sean McVay had hoped it would be with Stafford here has come to fruition. He's number one in in QBR. He's number two in passer rating. You're there. You call those games. What's the biggest difference with Stafford there as opposed to Jericho? Well, first of all, let me say this. If if there were NFL teams in L.A., I probably wouldn't have went to UCLA. That was one of the big sales that, that UCLA and USC had for me was that we're in the second biggest media market. We're the only football teams here, right, right. besides high school, which, is, which was good for me because I, I wanted to go out there and shine amongst all the stars. Uh, went to oh, all the clubs. Hold on, a lot of NFL on. players came in the offseason, too. So Rewind, rewind. I remember talking to Willie McGinnis about this. And back when he played it at SC, they had the, the Raiders Rams. and the Rams. And the Rams. And the Rams. The Raiders so they, and the Rams were there, yeah. Right. So he used to just hang out with all those guys and snoop and go out to all the clubs and do that. You're saying if there were two NFL teams here, that would have affected your choice of UCLA as a program? Uh, I, not, I mean, it was. It, I don't know if it would affect it or not, but what I'm saying is, like, when UCLA and USC, they come to you and they say, listen, we can put billboards of you all around town because there is no other competitor in our in our sport, right. which at UCLA, I had my picture on on one of the walls in Westwood, right? Like, there's not like there's not much like that anywhere else, right? In L.A. where people are driving down Wilshire, they can sure. see your face. Like, you know what I mean? You want that. Um, I think now – Instead of the UCLA Bruins or the Trojans, um, you're going to see Sean McVay. You're going to see Matthew Stafford. You're going to see bigger stars, right? So that kind of plays that uh, played a little role in why I went there. But to get back to it, I, I, everyone thinks it's the arm talent, which is a it's, it's a big uh, bigger upgrade. But let's not like sugarcoat. It's a much bigger upgrade than what Jared Goff had. But I think it's the experience more than anything that is playing the role, right? So 
Sean McVay may call a play, and I don't know if you saw the game or not, Dan, but the people that are listening, if you saw it, um, Matthew Stafford made multiple checks throughout the game at the line of scrimmage, right? Checking that he saw a blitz, checked to a quick screen, uh, saw some other plays. Like, they were in zone, checked to this. They were man, he checked to that. Like, he was checking left and right. I think that is the biggest difference that you see is that McVay trusts what he sees, and they, they're able to go out there and do those things. And Stafford is getting them into great plays, right? Um, and so that I think that's the biggest difference. Where We used to see Sean McVay talk to Jared Goff all the way up to the, like, to the 14-second mark whenever the, the, they cut off. You know, you're not doing that with Matthew Stafford. It's here's a play call. These are ones we like versus these coverages. He gets them right into those things, and they go. And so they're playing really well right now, and I'm excited to see what's going on. But to me, it's more of the experience and the, the football IQ, which is experience, right, in football. You've seen so many defenses. You've seen so many different things. You're able to kind of get your team out of a bad play into a better play, and that's why they're so efficient right now. That's interesting. I hadn't thought of that. Now, I did know that McVay took off right up until the cutoff in terms of talking into yeah. his headset. He doesn't do that anymore. Oh, no. I mean, they get a play call in, and then when they get to the line of scrimmage, Stafford is whoop, 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 talking, moving guys around, checking all these different things, and then they go. Interesting. The other L.A. team, the Chargers, take down Kansas City at Arrowhead. It's still mind-numbing for me to think about the fact that Brandon Staley, the Chargers head coach, was a Division three college football defensive coordinator five years ago. He makes that ballsy call to go for it on fourth down with under a minute to go, not once but twice after that false start. They pick it up thanks to the uh, P.I. penalty, eventually take it in for a touchdown. I, I think Mike Williams is emerging as one of the best red zone targets in the NFL, four touchdowns, second only to Cooper Cup. Uh, in the league, and th- dude, the the division's upside down. Raiders three and zero, Broncos three and zero, Chargers two and one, Kansas City one and two. But I- I'm a believer. I- I'm a believer in the Chargers. I, I feel like if they can stay healthy, um, Herbert's special. I mean, he's special. What what do you see when you see the Chargers? I, Dan, I see the same thing. I, I see. I mean, this, it wasn't a shock to me that the Chargers beat the, the Chiefs because last year they took him to the wire with Herbers in his first start, um, and then they beat him in Week 17, right? right? And they've always played the Chiefs tough. They know even when Phillip Rivers was there, they won in KC. Like they, that's always been a tough matchup. So it still went down to the wire again. The, that, that matchup happens that way. Um, but what I do love about the Chargers is it's not it's, – it's, it's how aggressive they are on offense, right? And they're finding ways. And you're right. Staying healthy was the biggest thing. They're kind of like the Niners where if the Niners are healthy, they're going to be contenders every year. But as we see the Niners, their whole backfield is banged up. I mean, I thought they were going to call me last week to come out and try out and <laughs> get a carry or two. You know what I mean? Because they have no one back. So um, I think the Chargers' biggest thing is can they stay healthy? And so they haven't been hit with the injury bug. Knock on wood. I, I hope they don't. But it, it, they're, they're, they're really well. They have a ton of weapons. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, right? Uh, you have some other young guys. You have Austin Eckler. And then defensively, you have a playmakers at each level. And that's the difference of, I think, that defense. Joey Bosa. Then you have, you know, Kenneth Murray. Then you have Derwin James. And you have all these guys that can come in and be game changers. And that's what's going to allow them to keep going. I think Brandon Staley's done a great job of putting Derwin James into that star position that he loves to call in his defense, a guy that can move around a little bit and do certain things. And uh, they, they found a way to, to make sure that Kansas City didn't take the deep ball, uh, they didn't take those deep shots down the field. And so the biggest thing right now um, for the Chargers to keep building on these teams, they got a tough game on Monday night against the Raiders. Like, let's let's not sugarcoat it. Like, Derek Carr is playing be- the best football uh, at that position right now. I mean, he's throwing it without Josh Jacobs. They're throwing the ball all around the yard. And I remember playing with the Raiders, and I remember Derek Carr throwing the ball 50 times. And he was like, he was like, oh, this is what I'm used to doing. At Fresno State, we were throwing it 60, 66 times a game. Like, this is, I'm just now getting warmed up. And I'm looking at him like, is he crazy? But as you can see, the more he throws, the better he gets. And so uh, I think that they're going to, it's going to be a tough game. Who's going to call it? Cover Darren Waller, right? Uh, and so they got to figure out that matchup. And then defensively, uh, the Raiders, you know, they have a little revenge going on because Gus Bradley was with the Chargers, was let go when all the coaches got fired. Right. Now he's in Las Vegas or Las Oakland is what I like to call it, <laughs> the Las Oakland Raiders. But um, you you have him now running that defense, and their defense is playing lights out. They're simple. They're fast. They're playing well. And so 
It's going to be a great matchup. It's going to be a tremendous matchup to see Monday night. And I think back-to-back game for the Chargers, these tough games is going to help build them. If they win these two, it's going to help build them going forward. We're, we're going to be digging into that game a little bit more in our uh, game pick segment. Are you more impressed with the Chargers after winning that game or more concerned about Kansas City right now? I think it's a little 50-50. Very impressed with the Chargers and how, what the, how they played offensively, but I, as you, I saw in your notes, I mean, Kansas City's defense is trash. They're not playing well at all. Dead last, um, man. 31.7 points and per I, game. I, I think the problem is they have Chris Jones playing outside. He needs to be inside. Put him back inside. Right, you need to go find some guys. You should have drafted some defensive ends to go get go. You know, get him. I get it. You had to re- revamp that offensive line. That's fine. But Chris Jones doesn't need to play D, and he needs to play right over the center and let him just beat the center on every play. Is that and something, MJD? That let me ask. Pressure. I, I totally agree with you there. Is that something like? Oftentimes, you see in the NBA, say a guy like Anthony Davis. He doesn't want to play in the post. He doesn't want to play the five. Right. He wants to play the four. Uh, or even the three sometimes, but he doesn't want to play down. Is that an instance where Chris Jones doesn't want to play inside, or they just think they don't have anybody else outside and they need to put him out there? I just think they don't have. They felt like they don't have anyone else outside, and they they have uh, more depth at the defensive tackle position. Right. But you're moving him a, a player away from there. Like sometimes as a coaches, and Dan, I have to tell you this. In my first coaching t- job, we went into OT against a team, and they played a really good. The, the team we played was really good. And we end up winning, but I overcoached it, right? I we should have just ran the ball the whole game and just blew this team out. But I wanted to throw the ball a little bit, and we hadn't prep, we hadn't did, we didn't do enough throws in practice. We didn't practice our passes enough, and so we threw a couple picks. And and so sometimes we overcoach this thing, especially right? on offense, Keep right? It, that that always yeah, happens on, with offensive coordinators on, on every level. On, yeah, on all sides of the ball, it happens like this. Like, Bruce Jones is a D tackle. Let him be dominant, right? Move those other guys outside. Move another D tackle outside to play your strong side end or something. Like, but let him play over the center and let him go to work because that's how you beat the Niners when you won the Super Bowl. That's how you beat uh, the Patriots when when you played them. Like, he was a physical presence inside, and that's what you need. Any there's no quarterback in the National Football League that likes pressure right up there up, up the middle in their face. No one likes it, so keep Chris Jones there. But again, I, I think they have some other issues that they got to work on. The, the secondary is a little still wonky, and I think they'll get better. Um, and this kind of what they do early on. They they're a little wonky early on, and then they kind of tighten down towards week six and week seven. And they kind of play ball after that, and they expect the offense to go out there. But the biggest thing offensively that they've done the last two weeks, they've turned the ball over. Right. Patrick Mahomes has un, uncharacteristically turned the ball over in September. Right. You, what I want to say, they had three or four turnovers in the last, maybe five in the last two games. That's why you lose. Well, it's interesting with Kansas City. You look at it, you know, going back to last year, they're eight and two in their last 10 regular season games. But every single one of those games was decided by less than a touchdown six points, one point, four points, three points, three points. I, I mean, they're, they're used to playing and winning close games. You just have to wonder if at some point those nine lives come up when when opposing defenses kind of figure out, okay, we're going to play too deep. I got distracted. I got distracted. There's, I'm at the win again at the Blue Wire studio. I'm sorry. There was just there was all kinds of stuff going on. Anyway, uh, refocus. If you just take away the shot plays for Kansas City, I'm not saying that solves everything because you, you, can, you can dink and dunk to Travis Kelsey all day and just tear opposing defenses apart, but if you – if you refuse to let them go deep on you, that's a big part of their offense with Tyreek, isn't it? That's a huge part. Uh, when you play Peyton Manning, right? I, I remember our game plans against Peyton Manning was we don't want him to throw the ball deep. And he would just dink and dunk us all the way down the field. And the times that we beat him, you know what we did? We forced him to throw the ball deep. Because to be honest, Peyton didn't want to take shots down the field. He wanted to dink and dunk you right. down the field. To he death. wanted to get the ball out quickly. And it was really, so we forced him to hold it. The times we beat him, and we beat him handily a couple times, we forced him to hold the ball and have to take shots down the field, 10, 15, 20 yards down the field so he could hold it so our passers can get around him. And when we did that, we whooped him. But I think it's the opposite with Kansas City. You want Patrick Mahomes to, to, to – you want that ball to come out quick because he's always looking for the big play. He's always looking to scramble and improvise and throw it off and do the no-look pass and all. He wants to do all that stuff. Well, we'll let you do all that, but – the, the shots down the field won't be there. And, that, and that's what the Chargers did. And they, they really 
forced the the, the the Chiefs to like like stumble a little bit, to be honest with you. Yeah. Well, he's he's so smart and so talented. I think Patrick is gonna learn to take what the defense gives him at times. Um by the way, never disrespect my fellow volunteer Peyton Manning and say that he can't throw the ball deep, okay? Disrespect. I didn't say he couldn't throw the ball deep. I said he didn't want to. Okay. All right, a little different. A little different. What do you think about the Manning cast? Different. Have you watched that on Monday night yet? Um, I've only seen a little bit of it. I, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I do the UK show. On oh, Monday that's night. right. I talk to all my, my people in London and the UK over there in Europe. So I'm heading there on Tuesday. So it's going to be exciting to see the people. Are they going to have, are you going to have an MJD, like a one man show? You, you, I mean, you could probably sell out a, a 10,000 seat theater over there. Hey, we're going to go get a pub. I'm going to find a pub. Okay. I'm going to invite everyone in the UK there. First round is on me. And the next round, all the rest of my drinks are on them, and I'm about to get trashed. Hold on, you're in London. What if 500 people show up? You're gonna buy everybody around? Buy them around. Look at you. You're a man of the people. Why wouldn't I? Those people support us. Man they love people. us over here. We love them. It is amazing how quickly the game has grown abroad. I mean, in in Europe, you know, 15 years ago, people knew nothing about the NFL, but now they follow it. Now they're listening to podcasts they're watching mjd on your monday night show um that's great um you know this is interesting after week three you have the patriots the chiefs the seahawks and the steelers all sitting at one and two it's the first time those four teams have had a losing record at the same point in a season in 21 years i mean those are two blue blood historic franchises what do you got you got a dog back there my, my massives are whining. It happens. I know. I like I li- it's a little good background noise. Uh, so, in my mind, the team I'm worried most about is the Steelers. I, I think you could put a fork in the Steelers. Tyler Boyd no, says they gave up. You would, put a I fork would. in them. They you said they gave up. No, 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 no. I'm going to tell you why. They didn't have T.J. Watt. They didn't have uh, Deontay Rush in High Tower. They didn't have Deontay Johnson. They were be- they were beat up. And they and and even if they gave up or not, it wasn't as if they just folded. I mean, they fought to the end. But you only can do so much when you don't have your best players. Let's remember this is the same Pittsburgh team that was in a dogfight with the Buffalo Bills because defensively they kept them in it, right? That's what they're built for. They're built to stay in games and then try to get situational football late. And so, uh, to me, it's it's they're beat up, man. It's early in the year. You got to get healthy and they go. Let's remember last year they were eleven and zero, and then they started getting injuries. And then they went down. They're they're a top heavy team. They don't have a lot of depth right now in their roster. So uh, when one guy goes down, it's a big drop off. It's not the same. And so I don't I don't even know if Devin Bush played. Devin Bush has been beat up. He did Joe play. Hayden's been hurt. And Devin Bush and Joe Schobert uh, combined for seven tackles at inside linebacker. Yeah, that that's, that's what not good. happens. And so. No, it's not good, but I, I think again they'll they'll get better. I'm not, I'm never really concerned about Pittsburgh. I think they'll find their they'll fight and find their way back. Uh, the team that I'm mostly concerned about, I mean, you said you said the Patriots, Chiefs, Chiefs Seattle, Steelers, and who? Seattle. I'm, I guess the Patriots to me are the team that I'd be more most concerned about out of those four because of their QB play, right? right? Like. At the end of the day, look, I, I try to tell people, if they were in win-now mode, they should have played Cam Newton. Cam Newton, you would have beat the Saints because Cam Newton's rushing ability. But when you have a stagnant quarterback back there and I don't have to account for him defensively, we are going to get after you. And, and unless he can, unless he has the, the ability of Tom Brady to make checks and do all those things and the Matthew Staffords of the world, if he can make those checks and has that type of arm talent, then okay. But – Mac Jones is he's a he's a surgeon with the ball, but this ain't Alabama, right? And this isn't who, who they play. Who they who was the one win that the Patriots had against? Uh, was the um, right now, but I'll look it up. It was Week One, I want to say. Let's find out. Um, yeah, Mac Jones came out, won his debut Week One. Uh, I'm sorry, it was against the Jets Week Two. A week against the Jets. Yeah, there the you Jets. go. Obviously, the week the two Jets. against the Jets doesn't count. So like half that tells win. me where they are right now, right? They're 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 in a world of trouble. Okay, and so as good as he is, he's still young, and he'll be a really good quarterback down the road. But he's going to take his lumps, and that's where. Am I concerned? Like I didn't expect them to make the playoffs unless they had they played Cam Newton at quarterback. To be honest with you, 
Well, certainly they weren't sold on camp. It brings up an in- interesting conversation about the rookie quarterbacks, though. Uh, the rookies went 0-4 this past week. They're 1-10 uh, or something yeah, like that. They, they threw four touchdown passes with 12 picks, and they were combined to be sacked 19 times, the four rookies were. I'll tell you, Dan, this is what it is. This ain't Clemson. This ain't Alabama anymore. This ain't BYU when you're playing Utah State. It's not, though, this is not Ohio State playing Michigan and Penn State or whatever other schools that they dominate in the Big Ten. This is not that. This is this is real-life football. And even for Trey Lance, who hasn't played because he's not ready yet, these quarterbacks weren't NFL ready. I thought that Justin Field was the most NFL ready. Apparently after not. Obviously seeing what team he went to and the game plan that they had and the way he performed and the, the supporting cast he has, they're not ready. So, and so for me... Are, are you one of those guys that's going to throw this 100% on the play calling and the coaching and the porous off, offensive line play? I mean, know, Justin Fields made some bad throws that game. Just, Justin Fields you know, did not did. do I didn't much say he didn't, but this is the thing. Again, I told you, I, I used to, I was coaching little kids, right? And I was throwing the ball. I was trying to throw go balls, and we're trying to do double moves. No. When you have a young quarterback, okay, and it's his first time, if it's youth football, if it's high school, if it's college, or pros, you have to get him in a rhythm. You have to start him with some easy completions. Just get the ball out quick. Here we go, boom. Get four or five easy completions, settle him down, settle into it, and then help him. You know your offensive line's bad. I would have did a bunch of read option. I would have did a bunch of rollout plays. I would have done a lot of things to help him, not let him sit back there and try to run, you know, five-step drops. That, 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 that's not going to work. Your offensive line is not that good. You're going against Miles Garrett. So I would have did a lot of read option in Miles Garrett, right? Like I would have made him second-guess himself a little bit in that situation. Now, I'm not saying it's all the coaches have because, no, he didn't play well at all. But as a coach, that's your job. Your job is to help him play better, right? That, first of all, and let me say this, Matt Nagy came from the Chiefs, right? Yep. He's under Andy Reid. Do you see all the motion and stuff that the Chiefs do? I don't understand why they didn't do that. You're not helping him. No, I, I agree in that in, in that sense. And, and but so maybe that's what I'm saying that's where I say that that's the coaching part. You're not putting guys in motion. You're not doing anything to help this young man out to re- to recognize if his man or zone or if they're blitzing. Like you're not doing anything. I, I just I think it's interesting. I don't want to make this all about Justin Fields. I want to make it about the rookie quarterbacks in general. We we've talked about they're all this bad and, right now. I'm a, let me tell you why. They're all bad because when you when you look at a quarterback, okay, and this is I've, I've always believed this with quarterbacks. I want a quarterback that's done more with less. I coach two kids that were that are in the in college right now, okay. One of them's at Fresno State. Fresno State just beat UCLA. He texts me. Jake Hayner is a Fresno State kid. He texts me. He said, "Look, sorry, I ruined your UCLA thing." He's I know a you guys, stud, like, by the way. About it. He oh, he's a baller. He's been a baller. He was at Washington. Washington let him go because they wanted Jacob Eason. Now we know. Now we're looking how that plays out. But that's neither here nor there. Okay. And the other one is Carson Strong, who's at Nevada. Now you can't name me right now a wide receiver from either of those two programs. Either they have some guys that can play there, but it's not like Alabama. It's not like Clemson. It's not like Ohio. So you're getting the best of the best of the best, right? So you're used to throwing into tight windows. You're used to throwing with anticipation. You're used to throwing guys open. When you go to these bigger programs. You don't have to throw guys open. You know why, Dan? Because they already got seven yards of separation off of their athletic ability. So you're losing a little bit when you go to these big programs. Yeah, you may win a championship, but it's going to slow down your development as a quarterback because you don't have to throw guys open. So I've always believed you, you sign, you draft guys that did more with less, right? Well, in that case, it would be a guy like had the best receivers. It would be like Carson Wentz. He, he hasn't really panned out to – I mean, it did a little well, Carson bit. Carson Wentz was really good for a while, and then he got hurt. Yeah. Even Jared Goff. Those guys, even though their careers didn't blossom, they both took their teams to the Super Bowl. Fair. Well, Isn't that Wentz, what you want? Wentz didn't really because he got hurt. But I understand what you're saying. But here, here's – I mean, Wentz – think about what Wentz did, though, that year. Oh, he was the, MVP the caliber that year. The number one team in football. Yeah. Yeah. I hey, mean, they were playing lights out. We talked about this a few episodes ago in terms of – the, the failure rate, the bust rate for first-round picks in the NFL. And you thought at the time that this more than half of this class, right, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Mac Jones, Trey Lance, would, would be successful. 
And it really is. It's, it's almost about 50%. I just want to read some names to you. Let's start back in 2010, okay? First-round picks that year at quarterback. Sam Bradford, Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow, obviously a bust. I'm, I'm going to give Sam Bradford a pass because he had... He played for like 18. He just couldn't stay healthy, but yeah, I right. give him that. He okay. was good. 2011. Cam Newton, Jake Locker, Blaine Gabbert, Christian Ponder. That's a 25% hit rate that year. No, 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 stop. Don't say that. What don't do you mean, say don't say that? Blaine's still playing. Oh, okay. The okay. other two are out of football. If, if you're a first-round pick at quarterback, you're not expected to be a backup. Right? So well, I'm not talking... Well, then, then that's a 0% hit rate thing because Cam's a backup now, too. He's out of football. There's Cam, only one that's still in football out of all those no, guys. No, but Cam was an MVP. Cam has had a great but, but, career. So, But that's what I'm saying. Blaine didn't have the best career, per se. He didn't really have... We didn't have enough around him to help him. But he's still playing football, so that shows that he still has the ability, right? Christian Pond, I don't know what he's doing, right? And then Jake Locker, he's he's in the win too. He might have played two years, yeah. He, right? He, Those, he like that wasn't that wasn't it. But but uh, again, uh, EJ Manuel the next year, he's a backup. 2014, Blake Bortles. EJ Manuel's not a backup. He works for the ACC Network. He was a backup the majority of his career. No right? question. I wouldn't have taken that. Okay. I wouldn't have taken him, but go ahead. Anyway, I'll get. I'll go through a couple more. Uh, 2014, Blake Bortles, Johnny Manziel, Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy's the only hit Only, there. One, only one hit in that one. Yep. Uh, and then Jameis and Mariota in 2015. Depends on how you look like, Look at that. I, I'll give it. Jameis is a hit. He's J- still playing okay. starting. Okay, I'll give you Jameis a hit. Uh, 2016, Goff, Wentz, Paxton, Lynch. So two out of three you hit on there. Uh 2017 was actually pretty good. Trubisky, Mahomes, and Deshaun. Two out of three. Two out of three. And 2018, Baker, Darnold, Josh Allen, Josh Rosen, Lamar. So Rosen was the only bust. Four out of five. That's that's really good. 2019. But hold on, wait, wait. Before we, but, but like we're saying Sam Darnold, like he wasn't, he still is trying to prove himself. Right. So I'll give you three. With a half, like a, you know. Well, you're, yeah, yeah, okay. You see where I'm going now. Kyler, Daniel Jones, and Dwayne Haskins in 19, right? Haskins is the That's one. one. Daniel Jones is still starting. Daniel Jones is a bust. Okay. They're he, 0 3. He's still starting. He turns the ball over at a high rate. TBD, TBD. Uh, 2020, Joe Burrow, two, Justin Herbert, Jordan Love. Too early to say for a couple of those guys, but Herbert well, uh, Burrow certainly looked good, really good. Who did you say? You said Burrow. Burrow, Tua, Tua, Herbert, Jordan Love. So we got two. Yeah, but Tua Tua could be three, and Jordan Love could be four. It's just too early to say, I think. All right. Again, we got two. All right. So it's tough. Like, my point in this exercise, although it took a little bit longer than I anticipated, is to say that out of the five quarterbacks this year, based on the last 10 years of history, two and a half of them are going to hit. So two or three are going to hit. That means two are going to be flaming flops, right? So who are those guys yeah, going to be? Pick... Who uh, through, through three games we haven't seen enough of Trey Lance? I know it's oh, early. I have. I've, I've seen a lot of Trey Lance. I, I think Trey Lance is only he hasn't played enough football. I think that's why you don't see. I think if he was if he had played more football, he'd have overtaken Jimmy Garoppolo. If you watch that Sunday night game, they bring him in to run the ball right now just to get him experience, but. He, he just doesn't understand enough of football. Yes, he's a smart kid. He can do that, all that. But there's there's a thing called in-game experience that you know when you see a blitz, you've seen a certain blitz in game time so many times that you can recognize it when you see where a guy lines up, right? He doesn't have that because he's only played 17 games in college, right? Right. So you don't know. You don't know what that – they could have run this blitz and hit you in the back of the head eight times. You'll never see it coming. Because you haven't seen it enough in game. And so that's where he's he's gonna have to pick his up soon. Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Mac Jones, the other four. Who are your two flaming flops five years from now? So Zach Wilson for sure is one of them. God, you loved you, you loved him before the season started. I did not love him. You keep saying that. I never loved him. He's a guy when he was at when he was at BYU, Dan. Yeah. When they played horrible teams. He lit it up. When they played above average to good teams, he was he, he did stinkers. It was just horrible. That Coastal Carolina game. What do you Carolina think is going game. on in the National Football League? 
you're, you're playing the when, best of the best every week. So I'll just tell you, his last year at BYU, they played Coastal Carolina. Yeah. that late, They scheduled it late it. in the season. He was not good against Coastal. He stunk it up. Yeah. He stunk it up. That's when I was. That's when I went back to look at his performances. When they played good opponents, he didn't play so well. When he played bad opponents, he played lights out. And so that you have to look at that as an organization when you draft a guy. So for me, that's one. That's one guy. Okay. Um, Got to pick one more. And I know who you're going to say. And I, I totally disagree. I don't know, man. Like I don't. I don't. I don't know. Um, I think that's going to be out of the next four. I don't know who it's going to be. I think. Each of them have their own opportunities to stink it up. Like Trevor Lawrence, right? He's getting better each week, but he's still he's making some bad, bad throws. Like where they're getting picked off. Mm-hmm. We see that each week he throws a horrible interception. Um, Justin Fields looked horrendous. Holds the ball. Seems like he can't process things. But it's not. He's not getting the ball out quickly, right? Like you need to. When you see it, you got to throw it. Right, but he's not seeing it, and and I understand. And I'm going to say this again because it's the same for Trevor Lawrence. They're running wide open. You see what I'm saying? So if he has a step on a guy, that's wide open. The National Football League, right? Half a step, right? It's not like he's by himself like they are in college. So that's that's kind of what I see for all of them, really. But that's Justin Field. He's not processing things quickly enough. Um, Trey, Trey Lance, he's not going to play. So we'll just wait till he plays. And then to be honest with you, Mac Jones. To me, I don't think Mac. I think Mac Jones will make it. I just think right now it's the same thing. Like he's not processing what open is in the National Football League yet, right? Like right. if your guy is breaking out and he's even with the guy, throw the ball outside so he can run to it. You see what I'm saying? He's not gonna. Don't wait till he breaks to throw the ball because it's gonna get intercepted. You got to throw it before he breaks so he can run to it. So I think the the three guys that that I've talked about, they have to figure that out, and whoever figures it out quickly. Is going to be the ones that make it, and whoever doesn't is going to be the ones that won't. God, no wonder you're a highly paid broadcast professional. You kind of answer it without totally answering it, but you you make sense. You're bro, it's, it's it's I can't like. Oh, you want me to just pick a guy? No, it's too early. I don't think that's. Fair. I'll pick. You want me to just pick one? Not if you want to. Mac Jones. I knew you're going to do that. I knew you're going to do that. But I don't. I think he may make it though. I mean, he has great coaches around him. They just don't have pieces around him. Yeah, you well, gotta put talent around your young quarterback, right? When Jacoby Myers is your your best receiver, not I mean, no disrespect to Jacoby Myers, he's just not a number one receiver in the NFL, I don't think. And then you pay Hunter Henry a bunch of money, and he hasn't played. Right, right. And and Johnny was supposed to be a centerpiece of that offense. And they got Johnny like really... blocking like he. They got Johnny blocking like he's Gronk. Yeah. Like, what are we doing? Um. All right, we're, we'll be talking about the rookie quarterbacks all season. I want to ask you about one other thing. Have you ever had? A head coach that just made boneheaded decision after boneheaded decision when it came to clock management. Hold that thought. And the reason I'm asking you that is because of Mike McCarthy, Cowboys head coach. He's done it so many times. He's done it in every game this year. Cowboys are up 20 to 7 at halftime. They had a chance to bury the Eagles in the first half. Didn't even try and get the ball back. Third and 24 for the Eagles with 151 left in the first half. Two timeouts for the Cowboys. The official was so certain that the Cowboys should and would want to take a timeout that he came and stood next to McCarthy on the sideline, and he said, no, I'm good. On the Manning cast, which you don't watch because you're talking to all your friends in Europe doing your Monday night football thing, Peyton was like, take a timeout, Mike. The Cowboys have done something Stupid every single game. That 60-yard field goal against Tampa. The 56-yarder in L.A. against the Chargers. He let the 24, second, uh, 24 seconds run off the clock instead of trying to get a little bit closer. Luckily, his kicker made the field goal. Mike McCarthy, he spent an entire year outside of football studying the game with his buddies. He created a weekly football think tank. Okay? They met at his house. They had a couple of beers. They talked football. They talked scheme. What on earth were they talking about or thinking about for a year, MJD? I, I don't understand <laughs> how head coaches can be so stupid sometimes. Well, I, I appreciate the energy and the passion you have, Dan. Some people just don't have it. Some, it doesn't, like, I, I've come to realize in my 
36 and a half years of being on this plan that some people just don't have it, right? Like they think differently. It doesn't, it doesn't hit them where you have a guy like Mike Vrabel, the Tennessee Titans, who understands every situation, right? And he'll go out and put a 12th man on the field so that the clock stops so that he gets an extra time. You know what I mean? Or he, he does stuff to you, save time. You right? know what else he does, MJD? This is what Vrabel does. Vrabel has his guy, Stretch is his nickname, in the booth, and he's in charge of that. He's watching the clock. He manages that situation. I'm sure Vrabel can do it on his own. I'm sure he does, but he has a second set of eyes and ears in a booth who's in his ear, who's in constant communication with him throughout the game. This is not hard to so, do. Well, I just don't understand why So let why me tell you. So I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a, another deeper thing about the Patriot tree. Like, that's Bill Belichick, right? That's what Bill Belichick does. That's how he's able to take advantage of a lot of things because they, they nitpick on every little thing, right? I had a college coach, uh, Carl DeRoe, who's now the head coach at the University of Colorado, was my head coach at UCLA, was in Miami, right, when um, Brian Flores first got there. They had a four-hour meeting, four hours on literally clock management. Good. That's it. Like, but those win, that's how you win and lose games, right? I know I learned clock management because I played video games my whole life. So I learned, <laughs> like, okay, I need to call timeouts here because I, I need to trust that I'm going to be able to go do these things. I don't think Mike McCarthy trusted his offense in that situation because if you remember, the only reason they had seven was because they went shotgun and they didn't understand the situation. He went shotgun as you're backed up, and then Hargraves hits Dak, and the ball pops out, and then Cox, Fletcher Cox, catches it, right? So yep. they he might have just been like, look, we're just trying to get out of here 20-7 to 7 at half. Like, we're not even trying to bury him in this situation. Let's just get on out of here and then go into half, make some halftime adjustments, come out and play better. Because, like, that affects coaches too, right? Like I told you, being a coach now, coaching little kids, like, if you see one thing go wrong, you're like, oh, man. Like, all right, let's just get out of here. Let's just, let's just get to halftime so we can make our adjustments, and then we can go on about our day. I guess I just have a more aggressive mentality as a human being, and I expect that from my NFL head coaches. But I know it's different than the college game. I know it's different. MJD, we have some picks to get to, but not before I share with you one of my favorite companies. That's Viore. It's the best-looking, most comfortable, and highest-performing athleisure wear on the planet. I can't tell you how many times, MJD, I'm walking around, I'm on the street in Manhattan Beach, I'm traveling, I'm on the road, and somebody says, that's cool. Is that Viore? It's becoming a thing now. This small Southern California athleisure clothing company has exploded. All your workout favorites, performance tees. I love the core shorts. It's, it's the built-in liner. It's money. That's it, dude. You can get out of the shower, get towel off, you throw on your shorts, you don't need anything else. You can play ball in it, you can ride your bike in it, you can do yoga in these shorts, you jump on a Zoom call. The joggers, spectacular for the dudes or the ladies. And as we head into fall, may I recommend a seaside hoodie? I don't think MJD has a seaside hoodie yet, but we'll make sure we get you uh, all hooked up with that. Listen, it it's California cool, it's functional, it looks great. You feel great in it. Go to vioriclothing.com. That's V-U-O-R-I clothing.com. Use the code HELIPOD for 20% off your first order today. Just go to the website, Viore Clothing. Check it out. I, I promise you, you're going to like it. Also want to talk about my friends at Greens Plus, a leader since 1989. They were known for creating the first ever blended green superfood powder and the first company to infuse green superfoods into a bar. Greens Plus bars and powders taste great. They're the most effective way to improve your immunity, tox your body, boost your energy, and get that nutritional insurance that your body deserves. It's from organic, gluten-free, premium green superfoods. You can get it at Whole Foods, Amazon, or may I recommend greensplus.com. You get free shipping. I'm all about the natural energy bars, the wild berry superfood powder is one of my favorites, and my son Chase lives on that vanilla protein powder. Uh, he just loves it. He's playing football now, MJD, as you've seen on my Instagram, and he's trying to get big like you. Uh, you can get 20% off with the promo code HELI. 20% off greensplus.com, promo code HELI. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, MJD, you ready to pick some games? I've been ready, Dan. I mean, I, I know I did really well last week, so okay, let's go. So here's what you did last week. Thank you to Matthew Bubar. Late call to him today as I was jamming to uh, give me some season totals. And at uh, some point when we get back in L.A., he's going to be jumping back on the pot, our crack researcher at DirecTV and NFL Network. All right, so we both went 8-8 eight and eight week one. I went 2-4 and four week two. That's pitiful. You went 3-3. Three and three. And then we both went 4-2 and two last week. Okay? So the season totals, I'm 14-14. and 14. I'm just right there at 500. You're hovering just above at 15-13. and 13. Now, I did want to say this. You, obviously, you're basically embedded with the Rams. Um, but you made a call last week that I thought was brilliant. And obviously, you have inside knowledge. So when people are listening to these picks and you're going to use them to try to maybe, I don't know, you know, do whatever you're going to do with it. MJD predicted that Deshaun Jackson would have a huge game. He said he's going to have a huge game, and he told us why. And what happened? Deshaun Jackson had a huge game. So I just want to give you props for that, buddy. That was good. Thank you. I appreciate it. That was really good. All right. Uh, Carolina, 3-0 at Dallas 2-1. Dallas favored by 4.5 at home. Sam Darnold's looked like a different dude. Carolina's offense ranked 10th in the NFL right now in yards. CMC status up in the air right now. McCaffrey, that, that matters to me. Carolina's defense, and it should matter to you. It should matter to everybody. Uh, number one in the NFL, allowing 191 yards per game and 10 points per game. They lead the league in sacks, but here's the, here's the one little kernel of knowledge that you should pay attention to. They've played the Jets, the Saints, and the Texans. So... I guess the question when you talk about that defense is, are they real or are they a mirage? They lose J.C. Horn, their first-round pick at corner. They traded for C.J. Henderson. Jags give up on him after one year. Um, Cowboys boat-raced Philly. Zeke is not dead. Another thing that you said, MJD, uh, people were putting a fork in Ezekiel Elliott. Um, not at all. Dak looked great. Uh, Dallas's defense leads the NFL in takeaways with eight in my mind, this is by far, obviously, going to be the biggest test for Darnold yet. Uh, I'm going Dallas to win big. I, I think they're going to win 33-20. Yeah, I got the I got the Cowboys winning big too. I, I, at the end of the day, I, Carolina, I think they're they're getting closer. I think their defense is almost ready to be where they want it to be. They do have some tre- tremendous pass rushers, um, I, and I think their defense is going to get after uh, Steele, the right tackle for for the Cowboys, mm-hmm. but. The way the Cowboys are running the ball and their play-action pass and CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper are playing right now with Dak, it's going to be tough, man. It's going to be a tough situation. Um, and then on the other side, you, you, listen, Trayvon Diggs right now is, if not a top-five corner, for sure will be after in, in the next couple of weeks. I mean, a pick in each game, a pick six great. on Monday night. Like, he's going to follow E.J. Moore around, so... We're going to figure this thing out. I, I, I really believe that this is a big one, but Dallas is a good test for Dallas. But Dallas has already played the, the Bucks. They've already played the Chargers, right? So they've played some tough games. I think they're going to take this one and run with it. Your boys, the Rams, at home. And for case, in case people are wondering why I always say, you're like, MJD never played for the Rams. He played for the Jaguars. Uh, he played for the Raiders. But I am. I'm, I'm, I'm the CEO of the Ramley. You're the Ramley. So, Treasurer, CEO, president. All on the board, everything. He he is embedded with the Rams because he does their radio broadcast with JB Long. So he is at each and every game. Uh, he, I mean, they go to some practices. Embedded. He's he's the, he's around the team often, so he knows what's going on there. So your Rams favored by four and a half over Arizona, both undefeated. This is the best game of the week in my mind. MJD, your first. Is it though? Oh, 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 this is where we're going. It's not going to be close. I'm just asking. Yeah, I think so. I don't think it's going to be close. I don't think I don't think the, the Cardinals have really been tested either, to be honest with you. Uh, they struggled against the Jaguars. And listen, listen, let me say this. 
there's a certain way it's it's winning is awesome, right? And once you get used to winning, it becomes how do you win? Do you win convincingly? Do you win cleanly? Right? When you watch the 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 first half of that Jaguars game, the Cardinals didn't play clean football. And if you don't play clean football against really good football teams, like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Rams, or the Packers, like we saw at the Niners, if you don't play clean football, you're going to lose. And I think they're still, yes, they're a talented team and they're playing well, but they're not playing clean football, right? They're not, you know, there's a lot of mistakes happening. There's a lot of turnovers going on. There, there, there's questionable coaching decisions made that had them down at half. Uh, there's a lot of things that, that will come back and bite you where I think the Rams are playing clean football. If you watch their game versus the Buccaneers, they are very clean and crisp in what they were trying to do. And that is a big difference in the National Football League. On a guy that played on teams that weren't clean, that we didn't do a lot of things cleanly, that is the biggest difference because the 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 the, the difference in talent in the National Football League is this big. But everything else is about playing clean. And so I think – that's where you're going to see a big difference. The Rams are six and zero. I don't know how. Maybe eight and zero against eight and zero under Mc, Mc, the, McVay hasn't lost. He's yeah, they haven't lost to the Cardinals in a long time yeah. under McVay. So, uh, to me, I don't think that's going to happen this week. I don't even think I need to add any more to that. The Rams defense pressured Brady last week on 27 percent of his dropbacks. Obviously, Kyler a different quarterback uh, than Brady. But they don't but, have the same offensive line either. Right? No, you're right. You're right. But I. I he can paralyze defenses. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I think it's going to be close. I, I have the Rams winning 30-27. So you're saying big win. I don't think it's going to, I don't, I don't, the Rams know how to cover and like, they know how to defend Kyler. You're going to put Jalen Ramsey on, uh, Jalen Ramsey on D-Hop. So there, there's that, X to nay that out. That's going to be nullified, right? They're going to, D-Hop is going to get some, but he ain't going to get a lot of big plays like he has in the past. Plus he's dealing with the, the rib injury, right? Right. Um, then you have, I know they have Rondell Moore and Christian Kirk. AJ Green had a hundred yard game. Fine. He did in the second half though. Okay. Right. And the Jags are out there, you know, again, the Jags are still trying to figure out what they want to be defensively as well. Um, but they don't have the Jaguars don't have the same pass rush that the, the Cardinals are that the Rams have. Oh, it's not the Cardinals don't have the same offensive line that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Have. And that's where I think you, you see the difference there on that side of the ball. All right, so we're both uh, we're both on the Rams and we're both on Dallas. San Francisco hosting Seattle, 49ers favored by two and a half. They got Aaron Rodgers last week. Uh, Seattle ran into the vaunted Vikings buzzsaw of Kirk Cousins and Alexander Madison. Madison actually looked great, uh, and then and then they blew that 14 point lead. The Seahawks did uh, in the fourth quarter against Tennessee. This one obviously a huge game to keep pace in the division. Um, Seattle's defense, though, has been a sieve. They're atrocious. They're allowing an NFL worst 440 yards per game. They can't get to the quarterback. They forced one turnover the entire season. They've allowed 30 in back-to-back games. The Legion of Boom, this is not. I, I think it'll be close, but I like San Francisco to win in a high-scoring nail-biter. Yeah, I mean, this is the thing. San Fran's defense is beat up as well, right? Corners, they don't have any corners out there right now. It's not looking like um, the defense that we saw a couple years ago. But um, and then they, I don't know who their runners are this week. Are they going to have runners this week, right? Raheem Mostert's out for the year. Um, Mitchell's down right now. Trey Sermon didn't look that good against the Packers defense. That was giving up a lot. Um, Trenton Cannon. So I don't know. I mean, they they, they just keep adding names because everybody's exactly. Hurt. That's why I said they're supposed to call me. They're supposed to call me. Listen, maybe a couple All years right. ago. Maybe a couple years ago. No, I can still do it. I, I see some guys out there. I can still give them what they get right now for the cheap. <laughs> but I'm, a, you know, you know, I'll, I'll, anyways, I'll listen to that coming from I'm quarterbacks. I'm going to Seattle in this situation. I like. I just when you look at it, is this going to be dangerous? Or Jimmy Garoppolo, who's going to make a play? And I think uh, Russell Wilson is going to be the guy to make that play for you. All right, so you're going Seattle. I'm, I'm putting these all in my document so we uh, can calculate quickly. Uh, Baltimore 2-1 and one at Denver 3-0. and oh. Denver's favored by one. That might even be up to two now. Um, they're trying to start 4-0 or oh, the Broncos for the first time since 1999. Uh, they're 3-0, oh, but they haven't beaten a team with a win yet. Their victories have come against the Giants, the Jags, 
and the Jets. Uh, the key for me in this one, MJD, is Lamar and the Ravens. Uh, Denver, I think Denver's a decent football team. I think the defense is strong. The Ravens have to stay out of third and long situations. That's where they've struggled this year. Uh, it's not going to be a walk in the park against this defense in Denver. They're allowing 59 yards per game on the ground. But again, it's the Giants, the Jags, and the Jets. And, you know, Saquon not full strength. Who's scaring you on either the Jags or the Jets coming out of the backfield? Lamar, he's just, he's different, man. Um, so I'm going Ravens. Who are you taking? I'm going Ravens 24 17. Okay. Don't hurry me. No, I'm just saying, you're saying all that stuff, but they ain't played Lamar yet. Yes, I agree. Okay, and I know I know they had a nail brighter in Detroit, but people, if you've never played in Detroit, it is hard to play in Detroit. You have to bring, like we always say, you have to bring your own energy on away games sometimes, and, and it depends. If you're in like Lambeau or if you're in Heinz Field or if you're playing the Browns or if you're playing like a team that has fans that like really buy in and they're loud, it's not hard to bring, like feed off that energy. I've played in Detroit where literally you can hear a mouse piss on cotton. That's how quiet it's been. <laughs> like, like I've been to Detroit. I played Detroit in 2008 when they had their 0-16 season. And when I tell you, Dan, that the people didn't show up till like, like the second quarter, it was crazy. And so you have to bring your own energy when you go to Detroit. That's, that is their advantage. I remember James Jones saying that. you That is your advantage. And so that's their, one of their advantages. So I – I'll kind of throw that game out the water. I like I like Baltimore big in this one. I just think the I don't you lost KJ Hamler. The only receiver you have right now is Gordon Sutton. No offense. I mean, yeah, you're gonna try to run the ball, but this is a different D line than you faced in the long time uh, this whole season. Um, I, I I like Baltimore big in this one. I think Lamar just has too much juice, and I get it. Von Miller's awesome, but you don't have Bradley Chubb, right? Right, and it's not like they're going to be throwing the ball all over the yard, like you know what I'm saying. They'll throw some passes here, but most of their offense is Lamar scrambling and running. That to me is is just not. It's hard to prepare for that if you have never seen it in person. All right, we got to hustle. I just realized I got a plane to catch. Um, let's do let's do Tampa Bay at New okay, England. Let's do the rest of the games. Let's right, do, I'll ta- just pick ta- them quick. Tampa Bay, New England. Uh, this is Tampa. All, I, I I got Tampa. Tampa in this too. Thirty-eight twenty-four. This is all about touchdown, Tommy. Listen, he wants to hang. And they're it on not going to score twenty-four points. They may score ten. <laughs> okay, Las Vegas uh, at the Chargers. Um, I'm going. I'm going upset here. Chargers minus three and a half. I'm going Raiders to win this twenty-nine twenty-seven. I just like what they put together. I feel like they have the mojo right now. As much as I like the Chargers. Yeah. I'm going to disagree with you on this one. I'm going to take the Chargers. I think the Chargers have kind of found their their little mojo, and um, I think that they know who they are now and what they want to be, their aggressive offense like we talked about. And defensively, um, they have they have guys that can get to Derek Carr. So that's going to be a concern. 